American Giant makes the durable, comfortable spring closet staples you need for work, the gym, and even happy hour. Made in America. Designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have come to an end. The Giants have won the pennant. All right, welcome to the Thompson to Clark podcast, both on the audio side of things and the video show. Welcome to everybody. Uh, Brad, the Giants had maybe the easiest week of the year for the rest of the year. Yeah. They played Arizona for two. They played the Rockies for two. I think I said four and two I would have been fine with, and you. I think you said undefeated. So we got kind of split right in the middle there. Well, at the end of the show, I think we mentioned the fact that I was – you went four and two, and I went six and oh because – I figured, cool, then we're going to end up 5-1, and one, and bam, there it is. We know exactly. what we're doing. Yeah, exactly what happened. <laughs> uh, it, wasn't the, it wasn't the toughest week of the season for the Giants. Yeah. They had got a little bit of a, of a reprieve from the craziness that was playing the Dodgers and the Astros and the Brewers and those teams, and now they are set to pick it back up and start playing some good teams again. Uh, tonight, as we're recording this, the first pitch hasn't happened yet, but Gossman on the mound against the Mets. They have the Mets, and then they have the A's. And the A's, they always the, those games are always close. They're always tough. The A's are good. I kind of, uh, I think I was on another podcast, and I said that I thought the A's were a little bit of a paper tiger when it when we were at the All-Star break. Well, I was 100% wrong because the A's are a bit on fire. They are currently 68 and 50, two and a half games behind Houston. And, you know, they're fighting and clawing for for that that wild card. They're in position for the second wild card here. Um, And and yeah, so, so they're playing really well. And the Giants, like I said, the, the Bay Bridge series is always a, a very interesting series. This is the one time that you're going to get A's fans in your face for whatever reason. Like they're, <laughs> yeah. pretty, they, they're pretty chill for the most part, and they're they're kind of doing their thing. You know, the A's generally have good teams. They have a really smart front office. They just have a cheap ass ownership, and <laughs> you know, you kind of have to root for different guys every three years. But you know, they they are going to be halfway decent two out of those three years and this year they're 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 good again but you know i've i've some ace friends and they, they're pretty chill and then once they play the giants it's it's on it's on for them it's it's like the world series for them yeah it, it, absolutely and but but then this year you've got both of the teams fighting for a playoff spot so we could have another Bridge World Series. I'm getting way ahead of myself because it, <laughs> it's August. But but we are going up against two teams, so the Mets and the A's. Both those teams um, made a lot of moves at the trade deadline. Uh, so those teams went into it going for it. Well, the Mets just got swept by the Dodgers. Um, and the A's, like you said, they're rolling along right now. So these are two teams. So the, but, but the fun thing about the Mets, I really like the schedule makers today. Sometimes I get pissed off at them, but today I really like them because they had to play a 7 p.m. New York start time Sunday night game against the Dodgers last night and then fly on out to the West Coast and play us tonight. No off day, no travel day, nothing like that. And so they're coming in tired. Uh, Rich Hill is on the mound for the Mets to start the series, and then they've yep. got Stroman who's always fun to watch. Uh, that'll be Tuesday night. And then who's pitching on Wednesday for the Mets? Is that McGill? Tyler McGill, I think it is. Uh, yeah, McGill. Um, that guy, is he's got a really nasty, nasty slider. So that's going to be – this This whole f- series is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, he's got 54 strikeouts and 50 innings and a 1.16 whip. So he's got some pretty good control. So the Giants are going against three good pitchers. And then um, are they on the road in Oakland after I this Mets so. series? Yeah, so uh, still sleeping in their own beds, driving across the Bay Bridge. It's all – yeah, it's and the reason golden. why I actually know that is because I think the Giants, um, 
I think they're showing the games on the big screen for the people who don't want to go across the bridge. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah. That's kind of nice. So, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of mean, but it's <laughs> nice. You know? like, so I was going to ask you, so uh, living in the Bay Area, um, would you go to Oakland to watch a game? I mean, it, tickets aren't super expensive. And um, although I don't know, do they have dynamic pricing? So when the yeah, Giants the, play there, the, the tickets. The tickets will this this is the peak. Uh, outside of you know, I, I haven't checked, but if the Yankees come to town, if the Red Yankees, Sox come Red Sox, to town, yeah. or a, like a, a Chicago Cubs or something Ooh. where they have like a really big national fan base, they'll pack the Coliseum, but they'll pack it this weekend for sure because it's yeah. gonna be half Giants fans or even maybe more than half Giants fans. Uh I don't like that park. It, I mean, it's not even really a park, right? It's yeah. more of a field. Like, it's a football stadium and a baseball park kind of put together. Yeah. It's it's not great. Um, the, I will say that they do their best to make it a, de- a halfway decent experience. It just feels so old school. Like, you walk into that place and you're like, I just walked into like 1976. <laughs> like, where's the newness to, you know, to, to technology and stuff? Yeah. Um, Last time I was in Oakland was two years ago. I think I mentioned this before. Uh, I got to sit in the uh, suite of their team president, Dave Caval. And so hung out with him and chit-chatted with him about stuff. I kind of just wanted to know if he even knew his baseball. Uh, And he's okay. Yeah, he he, he knew enough to where I was like, okay, you're not like a fake, you know, baseball guy. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, so this is the last time, and you know, I think we could have gone to a bunch of games and sat with him in his box if not for the pandemic. Uh, but yeah, that that would have been a lot of fun, though. Again, not my favorite place to watch a baseball game. More of like just getting to chat with the Oakland A's president. President is kind of a cool deal. No, yeah. he's not. He's not very well liked right now by local <laughs> fans. Well, yeah, you've got Las that Vegas whole thing. <laughs> yeah, you've got the whole Vegas thing going on, and the him and the city council and everything else happening and it's kind of a it's not a pretty situation but it never is when you're trying to get a new stadium i don't know how many new stadium situations have ever been smooth from start to finish i mean we're only familiar i mean unless the the teams pay for their own stuff right like but but still pay for it yeah but we almost moved to santa clara and then we almost moved to tampa bay because of the whole candlestick fiasco so but but to get to that point where finally our guys you know bought the team and they said yeah we're just gonna go ahead and make a stadium san francisco yeah. goes yeah cool man yeah, go for exactly. it exactly <laughs> i mean same thing with the warriors right the, yeah. the warriors yeah. are the team just owns the whole thing because they paid for the whole thing yeah uh okay so uh we got a little bit of ahead of, ahead of ourselves but um bunch of bunch of things happened even though maybe the competition on the field wasn't the most difficult uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you a photo. I know you like to play the photo game. Okay, I love and then, I and love then, this. And then you get to uh, you get to tell me what you think about this. Okay. Look at that guy. What's that guy doing? <laughs> that guy's hanging a. Oh wait, that's me. Yeah, look at that. I'm hanging. That's an old TV. That's not my new TV, but that's an old TV. I'm hanging. Uh, I got, I, I find I'm an AV guy, right? I go right. back years. Like I installed TVs for people and, uh, used to run like lines for audio video systems, worked in television production and radio production. Um, but I'm, I'm always the last to, to the party. <laughs> so I finally bought a 4k TV and everybody know. else in the world owns one. And finally I'm like, I got to have a 4k TV. Everybody else has one. And we have the PlayStation five Yeah, and you've got the PlayStation five yes. and you've got it in a 4k TV. And I'm sure you've been like drooling playing these games for, since uh, we got them in they November. Look amazing. Oh yeah. They're so fantastic. And so I finally got one and did that. And, but in order to do that, I had to tell my wife, so I'm going to do this, but I'm going to shuffle. I'm going to do the TV shuffle. So I'm going to move the 60 inch Sony from the front room to the bedroom. Then I'm going to take the 50 inch off the bedroom wall. And then I'm going to create in the niche in the great room. I'm going to, I'm going to hang a full motion mount and do all this stuff. So I did that this weekend and uh, I spent a lot of time you love that stuff. stuff. I absolutely, I do. I really, really like it. It's a lot of fun. Um, a lot of people probably think I'm weird because I like it, but I love dialing that stuff in. I'm still not done. If you could see what's below me right now, the, there are cables, massive amounts. Of, it looks like, um, it looks like the, 
well, I'm going to throw out a Bay Area reference. It looks like the Spaghetti Factory okay. on my floor, there but with go. cables. <laughs> I the used to love Spaghetti that. Spaghetti Factory. Yeah, that was Denise and I used to go there all the time. But I've got cables everywhere because I'm still dialing everything in, getting the 4K set up, still getting all the cool stuff set up. But yeah, that was my weekend. My weekend, it started Thursday of last week, and I'm still doing it. So that tells you how long it takes. So, <laughs> Well, uh, happy TV watching uh though we were kind of talking in in text how you know the these networks need to catch up with the technology man yeah. what the hell well so and we have direct tv so i got uh the tech came out today and gave me a new 4k box so now i've got um direct tv in 4k direct tv has what like 600 700 <laughs> channels you know how many they got in 4k no five five 4k channels so you get it you have to get a whole separate box to get five 4k channels so i watched the one today while i was doing work and it's really cool because it's like documentaries about monet's uh lily paintings in france so i mean it's just absolutely beautiful and then there was one on whales after that and i'm like this is fantastic there's a, two sports channels one of them does soccer games on the weekends one soccer game on the weekend and the other one is completely dedicated to the Los Angeles Dodgers. So it's extremely painful to be like, oh, well, cool, we get sports in 4K, but I have to watch Dodger games. Okay, here, here's a question, though. When <laughs> yeah. the Giants play the Dodgers, does that get blacked out? I guess we're going to find out in like two weeks, right? Yeah, because yeah, we are, uh, and it's at home. It's in San Francisco. We may not get it because I think the only time they show these Dodger games in 4K is when they're at home got it. because i don't think they travel with this 4k equipment so they play the yeah of course they get the schedule of the pittsburgh pirates coming into town yeah uh well we've got the mets although they went to new york and just destroyed them so no excuses uh but yeah so i'll get uh the dodgers and pirates in 4k tonight so i'll be flipping back and forth between our game so i'll go 1080i this looks okay and then i'll go 4k it's great but it's the dodgers right so yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to watch this game because I was actually at the Giants game. We'll talk mm -hmm. about that in a second. But they did do the Field of Dreams game in 4K. And I didn't have 4K yet. <laughs> I, I, the TV got delivered in the ninth inning of that game. But even if I would have had the TV hooked up, it wouldn't have mattered because I didn't have the direct have TV the box, 4K yeah. box till today. So I was, yeah, I was super excited too when I saw that on the schedule. I was like, oh, this is super awesome. That's, I'll, oh, wait, not going to have the TV. <laughs> so hopefully they replay it at some point. I'm not sure they will. Um, but yeah, that was a cool game. That was a lot of fun. I wish they would do that more. Is that your background? You see my you background? To, yeah. That's, I'm, yeah. In the, I'm in the cornfield. <laughs> You're going to come out. Doo -doo. Yeah. So so what's interesting about that game, and the reason why it sort of relates to the Giants, because I will relate it to the Giants, yes. but uh, they did the biggest TV rating for a non-World uh, Series game, or was it World Series and All-Star games? A regular season game, whatever it was. Wow. There, there was a demo. Uh, there was a stat about the demo, and it was, it was the highest viewed game. And so I think they're doing them again. Like, they're going to yeah. do them every year, I would imagine. How cool would it be to see your club on that field? Now, maybe you give up a home game. Maybe maybe your midweek gets interfered with a little bit in order to do this. But I would be all in. Like, I think it's such a cool thing. And, you know, I, I'm sure for the players, it's kind of a cool gig. So I, I feel like, you know, I'm, I, I'm sure teams will have to sort of get on a schedule. But, um you know, whether it's next year or in five years, I want, I totally want to see the Giants in the game. Well, I think Manfred already said next year they're doing it again. So, and the cool thing is the Giants could be in it. And I saw this kicked around Twitter and I completely forgot. So, from the film, if you're, you're familiar with it, uh, so yeah. everybody out there listening to Moonlight Graham is a character in the film and he played for the New York Giants. Yeah, he had one AB. He had one at bat and then he had to go home because uh, his wife thinks he's going to, you know, his, his wife's going to think he's got a girlfriend. That line? I love that line. Uh, so he, uh, so yeah, so Moonlight Graham was a, uh, a, a New York giant. So if the giants can play, 
put on the throwback NY Giants with just the NY on it, uh, that would be awesome. But I mean, one game is cool, but a series, you got to do a series. You got to do a Friday, Saturday, Sunday game. So like Giants Cubs, I mean, because that's a classic throwback old time matchup. So that, that would be a good matchup because Chicago, you'd have the, the, the fans traveling from there. So if the Giants had a series at Wrigley, but then, then you're taking games away from Wrigley. So a lot of Giants fans would like to travel to Wrigley, and it only holds what nine thousand people, I think. Though the Field of Dreams, yeah, like tickets yeah. were like five hundred bucks or whatever. Yeah, and see, and, and I mean, I mean, if you can work that up to be like a three-game series, and and majority of that money goes to a charity, um, and then Major League Baseball can kick down some money to whatever home team it is to kind of cover their expenses for losing three games. I mean, there's ways you can work it. I think you can easily do more than one game, um, and then. Uh, let's go a little bit further. Let's make that a minor league ballpark. So a minor league team, I mean, 9,000, right? You you could do a rookie league team. You could do a single A team. 9,000 is not out of the question. That's kind of a normal draw for a single A night. It'd be cool to have like the futures game there or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they got to, they got to do more. That field is so freaking cool. Just watching it and, and seeing the bombs hit out into the uh, cornfield. And then they let the kids run out there and go f- try to find the ball. I mean, that's, that's an absolute blast. I think yeah. that was the, one of the coolest things they've done in a really long time in major league baseball. So yeah. Baseball being cool. Yeah. When does that ever happen? <laughs> well, you asked last week if our kids thought we were cool. <laughs> now we think Major League Baseball is cool. They're doing cool stuff. Yeah. But then they and then they and then they go ahead and the week before they go, yeah, we might do a deal with Barstool Sports and broadcast some some games with those dirtbags. Come on, no. you can't cancel out the cool with something dumb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I went to a game on Thursday, yeah. and we talked a little bit about this last week. So here Ooh. was the photo. We have our jerseys. Look at J- that crew. JJ's the only one without his uh, without the black jersey <laughs> because so so the reason is uh, when I ordered these jerseys, uh, I have the cream one. I have a gray roadie from like. Gosh, it's probably been like twelve years or something. Okay. So my gray roadie's a little, a little older, but so I wanted a black one. It was either black or orange, right? Whatever. We weren't going to get. Thankfully, the connect ones weren't there yet. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad we weren't going to get yeah. those. No. Uh, and so I tried to order the black ones, and Brian wanted just his last name. My buddy <laughs> wanted his. Uh, his, what what his uh, nieces call him? So it's a it's like a, a nickname for uncle. And then I just put my initials on, on the back of mine. And so JJ, I said, you know, what do you want? He's like, Lincecum fifty five. <laughs> oh come on, JJ. And I was like, all right, well, let's see if I can do it. And they wouldn't let me do it. No, because you got to buy the official jersey. Well, but they don't have a black oh, Lincecum jersey, man. or else I would have bought it. Uh, so then you know I just went on eBay and we found him a fifty five. So actually what happened is I bought one that actually had the Lincecum name on the back. I was like, ah, oh, they don't, you know, the, the cream jerseys don't have the name on the back. So this was before they did it this year. Oh yeah. And, but it was a little bit too small for him. So I gave it to my wife. So she's got a Lincecum 55 with the name on the back. And oh, then nice. I went and bought another one. And I think his <laughs> has a, either 2012 or 2010 world series patch. You can kind of see it on the corner of the yeah. shoulder there. So that's why he's got the cream jersey and we all have our, our black jerseys. That is uh, awesome. So for the people who are listening on, on podcasts, apologies, but if you go to um, actually, uh, I think we put it on our Twitter. We retweeted it. If you Did you? And I thought you put it on Instagram too. You might, I put you it might on my idea. personal Instagram. Oh, okay. I don't think I put it on the Thompson to Clark Instagram. Well, fix that. You got to do that. So, okay. So just some, some, you know, some analysis from that game. Logan Webb looked awesome. I don't know what's gotten into that guy, but he yeah. is on fire. You know what got into him is I dropped him from our fantasy team, <laughs> and then he just blew up. So if we want any other Giants to do well, I'll just go ahead and drop them because <laughs> they'll catch on fire and somebody else will reap the rewards. But us as fans will enjoy it. So, yeah. I read a stat that... I want to say in the last two months of the season, 
He's got the second lowest ERA for starters to Jacob DeGrom. And DeGrom hasn't even thrown that much. He's only yeah. thrown one of those two months. So, yeah. Yeah, DeGrom's been out for a couple weeks, and now he's going to be out for another two weeks. Yeah. So, rough rough go for him. He was having a, a historic season. But that's how good Logan Webb has been. So, first first piece of analysis, Logan Webb is good. That It's just, should there, I mean, there's no, it's not hard hitting. There's no, no numbers. <laughs> he's just good. You see him live. Yeah. And I really wanted to see him pitch live because I was like, okay, how does he do it? And he does it with fastball control, changeup control, and he doesn't miss his spots. And, you know, the fastball is, you know, it's it can get it into the mid-90s. He's not blowing people away with it. But when he sets up the changeup, then that fastball looks a lot faster. But I was, I was just impressed. For such a yeah. young guy, the poise, everything. And then... The Giants have the bags loaded. <laughs> he smokes a ball and misses a grand slam by a foot. And uh, on uh, on Twitter, on our Thompson and Clark Twitter, I put the video of like the fans reacting to it. I I I didn't get the actual footage of his his hit, but it was like more like the fans going like, "What just happened? Like yeah. it's crazy." And. <laughs> You know, he only gets a single because uh, I forgot who was running on first. Maybe it was Dickerson. I think Dickerson's in front of him, and Dickerson. Kinda, he, he was, yeah. He, he just he, he misread the <laughs> crap out of it, <laughs> and he ends up at second base. He's like, "What are you doing, dude?" Oh, um, so great game for Logan Webb. Then right behind it, Lamont Wade follows up with just a majestic shot, majestic home run. When he hit it, it was so weird because we had just finished celebrating the Logan Webb wackiness. And then he hit it, and then the the, sil- the stadium got a little silent. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, what's what's going on? <laughs> like, am I missing something? I think this is a home run, and nobody's cheering." And then finally, it goes over the fence, and then the crowd goes crazy. So it, it was a, it was a lot of fun. Rockies are not good. Um, no. Trevor Story, his his arm is severely bothering him. He was taking his warm-up throws, you know, in in uh, as they're waiting for the warm-up pitches, and so he's just making some really soft lollipop throws to first base. Um, you could tell something's bothering him, and then he only—I think he only had to make one play. Luckily for him, it was sharply hit to him, so he could just lob it over to first. But I, I actually wanted to see what would happen if he had to put something on it because he did not look healthy at all. Um. But yeah, so I actually have the end of the game here. So our buddy Camilo Duval hits 101 on the gun, and uh, 101 and 100. Pretty, he hit 100 several times. You know, he only Jeez. hit 101 once. But uh, I have the uh, the end of that for you YouTube folks, and then for the folks listening just on the podcast, you'll hear the kind of the background of the audio, which is the fans cheering after the Giants win, though pretty small crowd and that that's kind of been the norm i think uh, you know we're not packing them in i'm sure a lot of it has to do with the pandemic probably most of yeah. it uh so you know probably half a house but it was fun i had a blast so here's the uh here's the final out of the game So that leads us to where do we stand now? Giants sitting 76 and 42. They are at 76 wins. The the next closest team wins wise. Milwaukee at 72 as well. And the Dodgers at 72. And and we got to make clear that the shirt that you are wearing right now is not a Dodger shirt. You need to yeah. show that show, show the shirt yeah. to make so people know. There the we go. Let's skank, go to the side there. The skank, skank and pickles. Skank and pickle. Uh, so skank and pickle is a late 80s, early 90s, mid 90s um, 
ska punk band from the Bay Area, Mike Park, um, created and is the founder and owner of Asian Man Records. Um, there's a lot of, lot of popular artists um, of the ska punk and punk era music uh, was on Asian Man Records, and he still runs it out of his uh, out of his house in, I believe it's Gilroy. Uh, so he still runs it all out of his garage. It's his own record label, and uh, big fan, love the ska punk, and uh, love Skank and Pickle, so I want to give him a plug. Nice. <laughs> and it's yes, it is not a Dodger shirt. Got green <laughs> on it. Nope, it's not at all. <laughs> uh, okay, so, um, so Giants are... Four games ahead of the Dodgers as of this recording. Giants play the Mets. Dodgers play Pittsburgh. Just so you know, Pittsburgh is the uh, third worst team in baseball, tied with Texas Rangers. Which means they're going to sweep the Dodgers. Ah, that would be so great. I, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a Pirates fan this, yes. this week. And, uh, you know, Arizona is the only team really uh, who's the Arizona and Baltimore. So in, in the National League, Ar uh, Arizona is what a terrible baseball team. Yeah. And, uh, you, you know, when you when you talk about the run, you know, I, I always like this run differential. Baltimore Orioles minus 201 run differential. <laughs> God. Well, the Pirates are wow. minus 180. Yeah. Yeah. So so they're minus 180 and the Dodgers are plus 193. <laughs> So that would tell you these games might end up like, you know, 10 to 2 in favor yeah. of the Dodgers. But this is baseball. Baseball is weird as hell. So there's a good chance the Pirates win two out of three uh, and they win two to one, three to two, and then lose 27 to four the next night. Eh, could happen. You know, the craziest thing about these standings is the, the best team in the AL East as far as run differential is the Toronto Blue Jays. And yet they are fourth in the division behind Tampa, behind Boston, who is uh, one of the, one of the two wild cards at this point, then the Yankees at 65 wins then Toronto at 63 wins. So, you know, we talk mm. about, we talk about our division with the giants, Dodgers and the Padres American league East is <laughs> lethal as well. There's yeah. some really good baseball teams in that division. Yeah, that that's a really tough division. Um, <clears throat> the AL Central, White Sox are pretty much the class of the American League at the moment. Well, Houston, but uh, you know Houston's run differential one sixty five plus yep. one sixty five. They're pretty nasty. Um, I still think. I mean, really, when it comes down to it, I still say the National League West is the toughest division in baseball. I mean, when you look at and mainly tough because San Diego and the Dodgers and the Giants will kind of pull no punches when it comes to bettering their lineup in the middle of the season. They'll do whatever. If there's a guy on waivers, they'll make room for him. They'll bring him in. They'll, they'll say, if this guy can help us, let's get him in there right now. I think the other teams, especially in the AL East, they do their trade deadline stuff and then they sit and they say, this is what we've got the rest of the year. The National League West teams, they kind of battle it out um, when, it, when it comes to roster moves. They're like the kings of roster moves. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay, so what should we talk about? Well, I think a big piece of news from this mm -hmm. week that we should talk about is this guy, which we kind of showed yes. the, uh, the intro to this show, this photo for, for the podcast folks. It's a photo of Brandon Crawford. Signed a two-year extension with the team, two years, thirty-two million, and it's so funny. Like if you go back to the beginning of the season, uh, our first shows of the season, we were talking about how, oh, who are the Giants going to pick up as their shortstop next year? <laughs> we're like, you know, Seager's out there. We did like a whole show almost on that. Yeah, Trevor Story's yeah. out there, and and then at some point we said, well. I don't know if we're going to go get anybody because we have the best shortstop in baseball right now. And Crawford is proving that offensively and defensively. He may hit over 300 for the first time in his entire career this year. So I'm kind of hoping yeah. for that for him. And, uh, and yeah, just a great story. He, I, I, I mean, I don't know how much money he left on the table. It's quite possible that an American league team, who said, hey, you'll play a year or two at shortstop, and then you can DH for us. 
Maybe there was a third year or possibly even a fourth year out there for him. I don't know that to be true or not. But signing two years, $32 million, you got to wonder, like, does he see two years from, you know, next year and the following year as the end? Like, is that kind of when he wants to stop? Because when you peak, like when you have the greatest season of, of your of your career so far in like year 10 or whatever year he's in, like, I, you know, some people would say, oh, I'm ready to go five more. You know, we're, we're going to just going to keep going to the wheels fall off. But he only signed for two years. So I wonder what's behind that. If he does think that that could be it or if he's just like, look, you know, we'll go two years and then we'll go through this whole thing again. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I was surprised that it was only two years for him that he would sign this so early because he's never, you know, he, he went to free agency once and the Giants paid him. And this was an opportunity for him to go to free agency again, and he decided not to. Now, so you say that. Did he actually even get to free agency the first time? I That's thought, a good question, actually. Yeah, I thought they they grabbed him and extended him. It was like him and Bill. So it went like Posey, then Belt, then Crawford. It was like that, the, the three-man extension. But he might have. He Well... You know, I don't even think I don't even think he did. I think he actually uh, just hit an extension before um, he was even up in arbitration years. But I, I honestly don't remember. Yeah, you, I'm old. You very it's, well uh, might be right about that. Yeah, but I'm old, so I don't. My memory sucks. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he'll be 36. Speaking of old, he'll be 36 um, in two years. And Luciano is in what high A right now. Yep. So uh, is Luciano two years away from making it to the bigs? Maybe. And then again, if Crawford's still playing well in two years, do the Giants say, "Here's another one-year deal, hang out"? I don't see. I don't see Posey or Crawford being the type of guys who are going to end up somewhere else. I see those guys as wanting to be Giants lifers. Um, they see what this organization does for their lifers. And uh, I mean, God, if I played baseball in the bigs and I played for the Giants and I had a chance to walk out of there at 36 years old with a full career, uh, setting um, uh, franchise records for a team like the Giants uh, with their storied history. I don't think I'd want to go anywhere else. I think I'd be super happy with a two-year extension and then and then maybe another one-year extension when it's over. I think at that point, Luciano might be ready. Um, he's, he's a good shortstop. I don't think he's the type of fielding shortstop that they want quite yet. I don't think he's there. Um, at that point, can Luciano be a third baseman if he's ready in a year or two? Can he come up and play third base? It's possible. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this, this is just a fantastic move by the Giants. I mean, can you, you could say, did they overpay for him? No, I don't think so. Like you said, how much money did he leave on the table? It could have been a three or four year deal at an American league club easily. The guy's a great clubhouse guy. Um, he has two world series rings. He's played with many world series players. He's played in a great, uh, uh, organization who treats their players really well. So for him to go somewhere else, uh, like Bumgarner did and sign a seven year deal, uh, I, that obviously wouldn't have happened because he's not that old or he's not that young, as young as Bumgarner when he signed his deal. But, um, yeah, I mean, he definitely I, I think he definitely left money on the table. But knowing him, I, I really don't think he wanted to go anywhere else. I think he wanted to, to finish up what he started in San Francisco. And this is uh, this is a great move for both sides, I think. OK, so it looks like he signed the previous deal in November of 2015. Um, okay. I'm trying to think of when he had arbitration. So I think that would have been uh I think that would have been his free agent year, right? Or or would I, it have been the next year? I think it would have been the next year. Let's see. Let's see what spot or good old spot track has to say. <laughs> Can never I always call it sport track. Uh doesn't go back that far. It's just showing his current deal, uh, which started in sixteen um yeah, it doesn't show the arbitration years on here unless there's some kind of cool, fun thing that I can unlock. Uh, oh, here we go. 2008. Uh, then he's, let's see, 11. 
12, but it doesn't say if they're arbitration years or not. Um, but 11, 2011, he made 414,200. 2012, he made 481. 2013, he made 530,000. 2014, he made 560. I don't think he hit free agency. Because somebody, I think there yeah, would have been more knows about that, that. They can, uh, they can yeah. hip us to this situation. Yeah, hip. Um, okay, so one thing, and and it's it's what we do as fans, which is we are celebrating Brandon Crawford mm-hmm. for his 2021 season, which is his best season since. Um, I guess you would say 2016 would have been another really good season, though. He didn't have the home run power. So 2015 is the season where he kind of uh, he, he became a much bigger part of the offensive game. 21 home runs, 84 RBI. And then uh, the, the 2016, 12 home runs, 84 RBI. But his, his average went from 256 to 275. So. The Brandon Crawford who can hit between 250 and 275 and, you know, hit in the the early 20s of home runs and play the defense that he does is a very, very valuable player. Then in 2017, on base percentage, 305, not great. 2018, on base percentage, 325, a little bit better slugging went way down to 394 and then 2019 which is his last full season last year was uh he had a little bit of a bounce back last year but 2019 he was about replacement level offensively um and so i guess my question is is from 2015 2016 those are like his years where he's he's playing really good baseball offensively and then the next Three years, three and a half, if we count 2020, he drops a little bit, bounces back this year, so much so that the team's like, look, we're not even going to let you get to free agency. We want to re-up you now. And so he's currently hitting 298, 19 home runs, 69 RBI. Uh, the on-base percentage is, is the highest that it's ever been in his career. Same with slugging, OPS of 900. So this is his best career and it's not even really close offensively do you worry though that this is a little bit of a mirage and that you know he's he there's a good chance that in two years you know maybe he's a little bit closer to the 2018 and 2019 brandon crawford yeah absolutely <clears throat> that's something you definitely worry about i um i mean the the fact that he was so willing in the middle of the season to sign an extension and not go to free agency, because I mean, you could ride this season. You're a shortstop. Corey Seager uh, is hurt. His, his um, he's had a downturn. Trevor story has had a downturn. He could have been one of the top three shortstops on the market in the off season. Um, the fact that he did this during the middle of the season tells me he just wants to be here. Um, But yes, from a fan standpoint, you have to look at the numbers and go, well, I mean, he's really never done anything like this before. Um, You know, he did have the 21 home runs in 2015. That was six years ago. I mean, he was 26 years old when he did that. Or no, sorry, uh, 28 years old math. He was 28 years old when he did that. So yeah, as a fan, you have to sit here and say the next two years, 35 years old, 36 years old, but they, the way the giants have been doing things with their infield, with their um, line shifts, with uh, their lineups and their versatility of players who can kind of play all over the place. They're getting him the rest that he needs. He's played in 97 games this year out of, um, now we're going to math again. <laughs> I don't know how many games. He, he was also hurt for a little bit, so he did miss some games. So the, so the Giants uh, brass and the coaching staff has done a really good job of getting the older guys rest 
when they need it. So I think that also keeps them fresh. Uh, you can have that off day where you know you're not going to play. You know you're not going to go up to the plate, swing the bat. You're not going to run the bases. So in terms of you can say, well, I can work on my swing. I can work up with the coaching staff and make sure that my swing stays the way it is, this newfound swing that he has. Um, so, no, I, I, I think – I think it is a little bit of a worry. I don't think he's going to dip to the, what would you say, 2017, 18, 19 uh, type of numbers. I don't think he's going to dip to that. I see. I think he's going to stay closer to where he's like 2021. 20, Cause even last year, he started kind of turning things around a little bit too. I mean, you look at his, uh, his OPS. Good. Yeah. Power numbers were good. His OPS was 792. That was a career high, but you know, only in 54 games. Um, God, he only rested in six games last year out of the uh, 60 games. That's pretty good. Um, but yeah, the 792 OPS, the OPS plus was 114. That was also a career high. He's at 140 this year. I was looking, speaking of that, I was hitting Bond's numbers uh, yesterday just for fun. And his, <laughs> his OPS plus was like 240 or something. Like, it's just stupid, crazy, crazy numbers. So, uh, but yeah, his OPS this, this year is 900. I, I see him bouncing somewhere between. 700 and 800, uh, maybe 820, 825 the next two years. Um, but I think he's found something. And, and I think the Giants know that he's found something. That's why they even bothered to give him another two years. I mean, 32 million for two years. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's no chump change. I think they know what they have and they know what they have defensively too. Um, and the presence in the clubhouse. So no, I don't, I don't see a huge downturn the next two years. Um, but, but definitely a fall off, you know, this is a, this is a career, a career year where he's, he's just feeling it right now. Um, and I think too, if Buster Posey stays, um, if Brandon Belt stays, uh, if they add, if say Chris Bryant stays, they, they extend Chris, Chris Bryant, um, they have guys who are hitting around him. Oh, I think these numbers could easily stay where they're at. So that's next question, which is. When does the Posey stuff happen? Does you know Posey's got the the option? The Giants can buy him out for I think five million dollars. Yeah, that isn't uh, that is a, a no has to be a no like right now by the way that Posey's yeah. playing. Um, and I don't know. I want I want to see Posey. I, I want to see them get something done with him. Like before, you know, we have to worry about this in the off season. And I don't think it's going to happen with Bryant because of who his uh, agent is. Yeah. It'd be nice, but I don't think it happens. Uh, I also don't think, unless Belt is willing to take like a one-year deal or something, I don't see it happening for him. If I was Brandon Belt, I would go find an American League team who needs some <laughs> yeah. left-handed power. He could DH uh, sometimes. Yeah, I'd go find yeah. it. Like, the, the, he can get a two- or three-year deal, I think, for sure. Yeah. Can he handle the heat? In New York, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I think he would be like, as far as the level of celebrity there, he's so yeah. in the middle at this point, right? He's not <laughs> right. He, he would, he would. I think the expectations would be really low for him, and then he would probably play up of those expectations. So it'd probably be a good thing. It's just. You know, he's worn out his welcome with a lot of Giants fans, even though, as we've said in the past, like his his numbers are good. It's just that yeah. they're not good in the way that are easily definable for some fans. I, I would take him back in a heartbeat, personally. Uh, I would I would keep Posey. Yeah, and how many times did we say early on in the season and the offseason, Posey's got that $22 million option with a $5 million buyout. No brainer, you're going to buy him out for $5 million and then try to re-up him or whatever. Yeah. Now at this point, uh, do you maybe just say, "Look, uh, we're going to buy you out for the five million, and then we're going to sign you to uh, same deal as Crawford, two year, thirty two million. But this first year, you're going to get twenty one because we're going to buy you out for five. Yeah. So you get twenty one, and then you get sixteen. Uh, I mean, I would, I would assume Posey's going to take that again." young family he's got the young family he's got he loves san francisco he's playing with um, um coaching staff that he really likes um he's a he's a giants lifer um i i really do think posey is the next one does it happen during the season 
I'm not sure. I was shocked when the, when the Brandon Crawford thing happened in the middle of the season, how often do baseball players get extensions in the middle of the season? It's a long season. There's a lot for them to think about, especially in a playoff hunt. Um, That does not happen very often. That's a football thing. Um, I'm not sure if it's a basketball thing or not. I don't follow that enough, but that is a football thing. Uh, you will get those extensions week one, two, or yeah, three. And they're all because of holdouts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And well, that's true. <laughs> Aaron Donald was one of the biggest ones. He he didn't come to uh, uh, training camp for like three years in a row. He was, I want a new deal. And then training camp was over and he'd show up for week one to get his paycheck. Um, but that, yeah, that but guy doesn't ba- need training camp. Anyways. No, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> he could show up in uh, week 17 and dominate. That's yeah. just how he is. Um, but yeah, I, you don't see this happen during ba- in baseball season very much so can it can lightning strike twice and the giants get it done with brandon crawford and say buster posey in the next like week or two uh, probably not but i think i think what you're going to see is the buster posey thing get done right after the season i mean whenever the giants uh, play their last game for this season um which it'll be game four of the world series after they sweep the white Sox. um (laughs) (laughs) that next day they're gonna get the deal done it'll be a two or three year extension to kind of get that under their belt so yeah okay so let's talk about our player of the week yeah i was about to take a sip here but i'm gonna let's take a look here all right player of the week i didn't bookmark the page I'm going to have to find it. <laughs> My prep work was lacking today. Here we go. Player of the week. We had a five and one week. It was an awesome week. We had a lot of offense. We had some pitching. We had a lot of bullpen problems this week. So I went through the bullpen for the week and I was like, yeah, I don't really see anybody. Mac cheese was just Mac awful this yeah. week. I mean, he had a really rough week. He did get a save though. Right. I think he got a save. Um, but he danced around like many runners gave up a lot of runs and just did not, I think his ERA this week was like 14.75. Um, so I went, I went pretty much offense this week. Um, so we had quite a few votes, uh, coming in at third is the guy we were just talking about. Brandon Crawford, 20% of the vote. Uh, he had a 400 average this week, 457 Woba, uh, one home run, three RBIs, and three runs scored. Um, you know, standard Brandon Crawford offense and standard uh, Brandon Crawford defense all week long. It wasn't anything flashy, but it was solid, like it's been all season long. Um, coming in second place, the 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 kid we've all grown to just absolutely love on this team, Lamont Wade Jr., uh, LWJ. He got 28% of the vote, um, 263 average, not great. 351 Woba, good. Two home runs, five RBI, a couple of just bombs, um, his home runs, uh, three-run shot, and then he had uh, he have a solo shot. I think he had a solo shot as well. Um, that crazy, awesome outfield assist to keep the game, uh, you know, keep a, a one-run lead for the Giants yesterday yep. against the Rockies. Um Scored three runs this week. Oh, that's right. One of his home runs was off of Cattell Marte's glove, right? Yes. That center field shot, <laughs> Cattell Marte goes up and, and just kind of turned his glove a little too much, and it ticked off the edge of it and uh, went over the fence. So that was another one of his home runs. Um, so 28% of the vote for Lamont Wade Jr. in second place. And the winner, the old guy, Buster Posey, I think is a two-time winner for us. Buster Posey coming in with 52% of the vote this week, 385 average, 563 Woba, uh, 556 on base percentage. He was uh, walking and getting knocks this week. Uh, Only had two home runs, only had two RBIs, but he scored five runs. That's where Woba comes into play. It's not necessarily how are you hitting the ball and how are you driving in runs. It's how are you creating runs. You're drawing walks. You're getting on base. You're scoring runs. You're driving in runs. You're moving runners along as well and doing different things. So that's where Woba comes into play. So our uh, player of the week, Mr. Gerald Buster Posey. There, look at those guns. Look at that. <laughs> Flexing. <laughs> Uh, okay, so 
we should probably mention before uh, I yeah. want to look. I want to look at uh, the schedule. Mm-hmm. Kind of beyond Mets and A's this week. Just it doesn't get easy. I it, looked it, at it. Actually, it's really hard. It, it, yeah, it's not a fun schedule going forward. Uh, um. So, but before you had mentioned today that you kind of had a, you had a rough day today, just dealing with home stuff and oh yeah, you know, dealing with the city and all that. So you you did not want uh, an alcoholic beverage because you thought I did not. You thought that would make you a little drowsy because you I'm, were a little beat. Uh, I'm very mentally uh, <clears throat> exhausted today because we have this weird leak in our front yard. And I so I had like the city come out. I had our water authority come out. I had the homeowners association. Everybody has said, well, it's not coming from you. I don't know where it's coming from. So we're still working on that. And uh, so it's been a very busy day of phone calls and talking to people and standing out in the smoky air. Let's see our 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 air quality right now in Reno is 146, which is um, lower than it has been over the past week. Um, so my throat was a little weird. So I went with the uh, decaf iced coffee. There you go. Um, yeah, that's pretty Cause I would have fallen asleep. I would have been so tired after that, but yeah. What do you got? I saw you had a spherical ice cube. There. Yeah. So um, I had mentioned that, we had got some four roses a couple weeks ago. And so uh, I was thinking about what do I do? What do I do? Because, again, we don't have a, a, as big of a of a liquor cabinet anymore as we're pulling back, you know, uh, on the alcohol intake. But my wife, when uh, she went grocery shopping the other day, she, I, I try not to drink the the diet soda as much as as I have in the past. So, you know, she'll go to the store and she'll go, "Oh, look, I, I got you a surprise." And it was a it was a diet or no, it was a Coke Zero oh. Cherry Coke. Oh, so yeah, I, I like was that. like, "Oh, I'm gonna save that and then I'm gonna mix it with the Four Roses for our podcast." Ooh. So, got a little little Cherry Coke and bourbon uh, going on, which is How's really tasty. Taste? Really tasty. Is it? Okay. I'm going to have to try that sometime because I always do the Zevias. Yes. Um, I like the Zevias because they don't have the coloring. Um, they don't have any like uh, fake sugar except for Stevia leaves. Um, so I really like those, but then sometimes you're drinking it and and you're like, oh, this is great. It's a, you know, Coke and rum or whatever, but it just looks like kind of brown, I mean, like, <laughs> like, like dirty. Uh, so I want to try something like that with like a little cherry. And, and, I, and I have, uh, I purchased some, uh, ginger ale ver- oh. uh, of Stevia. So I was kind of using that kind of messing around with it with, uh, both, uh, vodka and, uh, and bourbon, just kind of tasting it, seeing what, how is this is, you know, I've ginger ale is, you know, whatever. A lot of people like to use it in, in certain things. Yeah. But. Ginger yeah. ale and uh, and wild turkey one hundred and one. That's one of my favorites. I like that. There we go. Yeah. All right. So uh, before we get out of here, uh, like I said, let's go to the schedule. But I want to mention um, follow us on Thompson to Clark on Twitter. I tweeted when I was at the game. Uh, we didn't really tweet a whole lot this week because the ga- the games right. were, you know, we we had stuff going on. But uh, also, if you're watching this, please click that subscribe uh, link above uh and hopefully uh we'll get some more folks subscribing because you know the way that the algorithm works our videos will show up in other places and i feel like this show is a pretty fun and pretty fun show uh for you know video podcasts so um okay uh the other thing i want to mention here is uh five star review on apple Podcasts. we'd be super grateful for that so for those of you listening the audio version of this show, Apple Podcast five star review. You know, it's just it just does wonders for for shows to get those reviews in. And also, you know, if you're kind of wondering, like, oh yeah, you know, I kind of listen when you guys send us out a link or whatever. But it, one of my things that I do with all the shows that I listen to is I have a player. It's called uh, Downcast, mm. and Downcast basically goes okay. What shows do you want to listen to? I'm just going to put them all in a feed for you. And every time they put out a show, we're downloading it to your phone no matter what. So I use that for mine. And uh, basically, if you use something like Downcast or maybe you use the uh, iTunes podcast app, which is not great um, <laughs> for whatever reason. Like, the, yeah, it's, it's not weird. a good it's not a good app. Um, just search for Thompson to Clark and you can find us. 
uh, in there, any any sort of app that you have, just Thompson the the number two and Clark, and and we'll we'll be available. So, uh, yeah, you know, find us, search for us in Google, five star review. We would be so grateful and indebted to all of you. So let's end this thing. Uh, let's talk about the upcoming schedule after this week. So this week is tough. We already mentioned yeah. Mets. Mets are five hundred team. Maybe they're even worse than that, but they were in first place for a lot of the season in their division, and they've just been overtaken twice, actually. Well, the Phillies overtook them last week, and then now the Braves have actually come back with a vengeance, and the Braves are now yeah, in first no, place. Nobody wants that division. I don't I, I've been <laughs> I'm not saying, understanding I've been it. saying all along, the Braves are better than what their record shows, yeah. even losing Acuna Jr. They're a really good baseball team, and it's they're starting to pick it up now, and uh, I, I'm not that I'm, I mean, you know, how can you, you're not really scared of teams, but you know, the, if, if, a, if a team catches fire and gets on that run, then they're a little, you know, you don't want to necessarily play them in the playoffs. So that's right. one team that I would keep my eye on. So next series. So we go Mets, then we go A's, then we go back to the Mets, the aforementioned Braves, the Brewers, who I mentioned, tied for the second best record in baseball. And then the Dodgers also tied for the second best record in baseball. <laughs> so yeah, out of, out of these six series, only the Mets are teams that I would consider to not be a possible contender. Now, some may think, you know, well, are the A's really a contender? Cause that, you know, cause the American league, you know, there's there's teams that have uh, more wins than them. I I do think that they're a good baseball team. I'm not sure if they're great yet, but I think that they're peaking kind of at the right moment. Now, I didn't like the trade. I didn't like the the Marte trade for Lazardo because, and the only for this season, I think it's great for them. But I always yeah. look at it like. Well, why did you give up Lazardo? Oh, because you don't think you can sign him anyways. <laughs> like you don't think that's... like like in three years when he's up, you don't want to have to deal with that mess. That's so the age. For, yeah. yeah. So you trade for a guy who's a rental and you give up, you know, somebody who's very valuable. So I didn't like it from that perspective, but obviously it's working for this season. And 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 man, I don't know who knows. Maybe maybe they do try to bring him back, but uh, probably unlikely. Um but yeah, so you know. The the A's and the Braves, I think, are kind of like those up-and-coming teams, and the Brewers and the Dodgers are right behind the Giants. So four out of these next six series are really, really big series. So Dodgers are um, Dodgers are four games behind the Giants. The um, the thing that I, uh, I – I like that distance of four games, and I'm going to tell you mm -hmm. why. They only play the Dodgers three more times this season. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I think on the last show, if they could get out to a five game lead, I think I would be, feel super comfortable yes. the next time we play the Dodgers because they only have those three games left. And then, you know, <clears throat> worst comes to worst, you get swept. You're still walking out of there with a, a lead in the division. So, yeah, that's super important. Yeah. So while just it feels like we just went through this sort of measuring stick of series against the Dodgers, against the Brewers, against the Astros. We're going to go through it again. And so far in this season, which I'm starting to think is like a really special season because this mm -hmm. team just keeps outdoing themselves. But as you see by the national, the way the national uh, news, uh, the national media treats the Giants – they're still kind of like, we're going to give you these rankings because you're now four games ahead of everybody else. Right. But we still don't really believe in you. And the second the Dodgers catch up to you guys, we're going to say, see, we told you so. <laughs> yes. And that's what the national media is going to do, right? <laughs> so, you know, the Giants have this kind of like little bit of, you know, I'm not sure people really believe in us that they could kind of use to their advantage here and use for inspiration. But it is, it's been a special season so far. So I'm really interested to see how they play, you know, these next three weeks. And, uh, and it's, it's, I, I look, I just look forward to seeing them deal with these different problems and how, you know, the, the front office and, and Kapler together, uh, you know, figure out the solutions because, you know, one day it's, 
you know, uh, Desclafani goes to the DL because his arm is sore, and then you, you know, all of a sudden Logan Webb steps up, and he's just having a great year. Gossman has been, I would say he's been average in the second half, uh, but then they find ways, you know, Littell just comes in and just, like, throws, you know, two or three innings to get them out of jams, and so th- they're just doing things to win ball games, which is all you can really ask for, and, you know, with only, how, how many games do they have left this season, like, 50 or something you're gonna have me do math no okay i'll do i'll do the math (laughs) so we're at a hundred we are at 118 games for the season so 162 minus 118 is 40 (laughs) that's that's math 44 there you go okay so you have 44 games and and you know the frustrating thing is we talk about this all the time so the giants got the diamondbacks and the rockies this week well cool we're gonna go five and one six and oh and we're gonna do some damage we're gonna we're gonna break out a bigger leap they started that week four game with a four game lead on the dodgers and they end the week with a four game lead on the Dodgers. So yeah. it's, it's kind of frustrating to sit there. Although we did start that week with a seven game lead on the Padres and now have a 10 game lead. on. Yeah. The they're Padres. struggling for whatever reason. They're struggling. And I'm happy about that. Um, Cincinnati Tatis even came, Tatis even came back and they threw him in right field. Yeah. They stuck him in right field uh, because what does he lead the league in errors? I think he's got like 25 errors at shortstop or, or maybe even close to 30. It's some ridiculous. Yeah. Number, yeah but... and probably less stress on the shoulder. Yeah, that's true. Um, looking at the wild card real quick. Um, so Dodgers have that wild card lead with a three-game lead over the Padres. Um, Cincinnati three and a half games behind the Padres. Um, Atlanta. So Philly has jumped back in. It looks like Philly has jumped back in to, to lead the East now. Um, they have an eight-game win streak. They're fifty-nine and fifty-three. They keep. That's what the Phillies have been doing lately. They're very streaky. They'll win like six or seven games, lose a couple, and then go on another big run. Um, <clears throat> so Atlanta's seven games back. So that's going to have to be a division between Atlanta and Philly mm-hmm. uh, and the Mets. Um, so really, Cincinnati's kind of the only other team that's that's hanging in there and and doing anything in this wild card race. Um, do you, do you think the Padres will lose that spot? That's an interesting one. Um, they have a big enough lead still to where they just kind of need to to pick it up again and and yeah. play some good baseball. And I think they're fine because talent wise, you know, they're they're better than Cincinnati. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. But they, but they get back to tease and then, uh, uh, Darvish goes on the aisle and they didn't, yeah, they didn't get their big pieces during the trade deadline. So, I mean, they could falter. They could just fall apart. Um, they've never been here before. Um, this giants team, some of the players on this team have been there before. I mean, and, and they added another guy in Chris Bryan who has been here before in a pennant race. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I am, uh, I do confess that when the Reds are on and the Giants aren't playing, I'm watching those games because mm-hmm. I want to kind of see what they're doing. And then I'm scoreboard watching the Dodgers and Padres. But uh, do we have a magic number yet? We've got to oh have a magic the number, magic right? number. Yeah, let's bust out the magic <laughs> number. We got to have. A, don't we have one? I mean, yeah, you know, there's got to be a magic number. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's a magic right? number. All the I, time. I guess at the beginning of the season, there's a magic number. But let yeah. me see if they have it. Uh, Giants. What's magic today? Number. No, I, I don't see it in MLB.com. Uh, but yeah, usually that pops up somewhere. Uh, hang on, hang on. Let's they don't see. want to tease us. That's what it is. Giants are also 40 and 18 at home. That's tremendous. So the Giants magic number over the Dodgers is 41. 41. All right. So we're close. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. We'll we'll start we'll start throwing up magic numbers oh, when yes. we get down to like 20. Yes. Yeah, 30, maybe 30. Hell yes. <laughs> uh yeah. So the the Giants um their magic number so the in, in the AL Tampa's magic number um over the Red Sox is 41 um the Astros magic number over the A's is 43 the White Sox magic number over the Indians is 36, 36 so the, yeah. the White Sox have 
the the short the smallest magic number right now just because they are in a crappy division and we have to explain magic number for those people who don't know magic number that is the combination so the so the lead team in the division between the and and then the second team in the division it is the combination of wins and losses it will take for that team on top to clinch the division um well, and you can also use it for a wild card. You can use it for, you know, any kind of playoff spot and just it's a combination of that. So uh, what did you say? The White Sox magic number is 36. Also the Brewers magic number over um, who's in second place over Cincinnati. So example, um, uh, Milwaukee has a magic number of 36 over Cincinnati. So if Milwaukee wins tonight and Cincinnati loses, the magic number goes to 34 because it's yep. a combination of wins for the top and losses for the second team. So quick, quick explanation there. Yes. Um, yeah. So it's kind of, it's kind of cool that we're going to be magic, magic number watching for the rest of this, <laughs> rest of this season. That's the exciting part. Yeah. All right, so uh, we're done here. Um, we will be back next week, and this can be this can be an interesting week. You know, we're gonna see that. I think that a series is gonna be a little bit of like I think they're gonna play some playoff baseball, like the Brewers series yeah. and the Dodgers series. Before that, those teams were they wanted to win those games. You know, they they mm. they weren't going like eh. Do we, you know, we don't really need to win this. No, they're like, no, we're right. winning this game, and they were playing hard. <laughs> so uh, A's are going to be right there because you know that they, they have the little the little brother syndrome in the Bay Area oh, yeah. too. So there's always reason for them to to play that, the Giants tough. That's hostile territory. That that's basically what it is. The Giants are going into hostile territory. It's like going to kind of like going to L.A., um, kind of like going to San Diego, um, but it's. Yeah, like you said, it's the little brother across the bay. They don't like us when the Giants go in there. They um, The crowd shows up, so it should should definitely be a fun series. Yeah, so we'll be back next week. We'll talk about those two series. Uh, check out Brad's tweeting, uh, mostly Brad, on, on, on Twitter, at Thompson to Clark. Again, five-star review if you're so grateful. We love that. But for Brad, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace.